Hi, my name is Carrie. I am a 41-year-old, well, soon to be 41 years old, in June. Cancer baby. I was born on the magic cusp of Gemini and Cancer. I am a type 1 diabetic who has had undiagnosed ADHD almost my whole life. We all battled a few things in life. Like all, lots of healing, emotionally and physically, and spiritually, if you want to throw that in. I became a mom back in 2014. My miracle baby, he was born and changed so many things for me. If you know anything about type 1 diabetes, you know it's a real struggle to get pregnant and an even harder struggle to keep that baby safe. When I found out I was pregnant, I did everything within my power to make sure he was safe, make sure that my blood sugars were under control, made sure everything was perfect for him. And even with all of that, at six months pregnant, I started developing diabetic retinopathy. We produced so much blood when we were pregnancy and my blood had nowhere to go. It started growing capillaries into my eyes, causing my eye to start to detach, causing bleeding, causing my eyes to look like they were fractured. I didn't know it was what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I went to an eye doctor as soon as I could and they didn't know what was wrong either. So then I found a retinal doctor. I found a retinopathist. Dr. Butia had truly a heart of gold. This man did as much as he could, even though insurance wouldn't pay for every step of the way. He started doing laser surgery on me as soon as, as soon as he saw me. And if I could explain anything to you, that was pain. That was one of the hardest pains I've ever had to deal with in my life. But I did it because my baby. We went through this for almost three years after I was pregnant and gave birth. I guess that's an easier way to say after I gave birth. He came out healthy, though, and everything was worth it. I had my tubes tied shortly after because what was my child going to do if the next pregnancy was harder? How is my child going to be raised if I'm not even alive if the next pregnancy takes me? So I had my tubes tied. Sometimes I regret it, but I know it was always in the best decision for me and for my family. Luckily, I am with my soulmate. There is no question in my heart that I am with my soulmate. Everything changes when you meet that person. And well, that's what happened. We have been through so much in our 10 years of being together that I could never fathom anything without him. He has helped me heal so much through everything and is still standing here next to my side every day. If I could offer anything to those out there searching for love and those who need love so bad, don't accept anything less than you deserve. Don't go for somebody that doesn't take the time out to make you smile. 
Don't be with somebody making those tears. Be with somebody who's going to wipe them off your face and make your life better. And that's what he's done. I am not an easy person to deal with. Like I said, I have ADHD. And I wasn't diagnosed till about four years ago. But we're going to start with my son and the process of how I opened and everything like that. As a child, I saw spirit. I saw things that nobody else saw. In fact, I had a spirit animal. I had a dog I used to throw all my food on the floor to feed. And my mom would ask, what are you doing? And I would say, feeding the dog. And she'd get really upset and say, we don't have a dog. I had a dog. And I would see people that weren't there. And she would just wipe it off or I would be left alone for hours to try to entertain myself or play outside or whatever it was I needed to do. There was a lot of trauma. I feel like there was a lot of trauma for everybody of Generation X, even like older millennials. It was just a time and the place. And it's almost like the hippies took over and they didn't know what to do with their kids. So I continued to grow and be creative. I've always been really artistic, even since I was little. Marched to my own drum, wore what I want, didn't care about anybody's opinion. Little G.I. Jane climbing up after the trees with her brother. And you forget everything else that goes along with it. I didn't really feel anything or keep emotions in check because ADHD does not allow that. ADHD does not allow you to sit in your emotions. You're so quick going from one thought to the other thought that there's no time for emotions. And you're always in this like manic space of being happy. So you don't realize the other issues going on. My father is a heroin addict or was a heroin addict then. My mom threw him out when I was three years old for being a heroin addict and using and not supporting us and cheating on her and a list of other things. I remember vividly at three years old, my father laying outside after being out all night, laying on the side of the road, and my older brother being six, walking up to kick him to make sure he was alive. And that was a memory that I will remember for the rest of my life. When I was three, he left. He came and saw us a few times after, but never looked back. Never cared. But I was lucky. I had such shining lights in my grandparents. My grandparents took on a role they didn't have to do. They put that sparkle in her eye. They made sure rent wasn't paid when my mom couldn't afford it. My grandparents took on a role they didn't have to take on. With their son not around, they could have easily disappeared too. But that wasn't their path. They made sure that we had clothes when we needed them. They more made sure we had food in our refrigerator. They more made sure that we were cared for. My grandfather would watch us 
My grandmother had always had health issues. It was hard for her to do a lot with us. My grandfather taught me gardening, taught me about a lot about life, taught me my morals. And where we went from there was where we went from there. He was meant to view. He was meant to be in support where we needed it most. A retired police officer, a retired sergeant from the Navy. Sometimes he was strict, but it wasn't very often. Not when it came to his grandbabies. We got whatever we wanted. All the love in the world. It was all meant for us. When I was about six years old, they moved to Pennsylvania. We were in New Jersey still. And still, they would come pick us up. And we would go see with, see them, and we would stay with them during summer vacation or Christmas vacation. Anytime that they could have a chance with us, they did. My grandfather became very religious when he moved to Pennsylvania. He had started going through a religious rebirth at the end when he was in New Jersey. He was a reborn again Christian. He taught us all the things that were right about religion and what was expected. He taught us not to be judgmental of others. He taught us to give love even when others don't necessarily show it to us. He had become a deacon at his church and started giving sermons and he would read them to us at night or read us Bible stories. I still remember going to the penny candy store and being so excited about it or the unicorn diner. I love the unicorn diner. <coughs> he would wear he would wear a unicorn shirt and it was amazing. A six foot four Muscular man walking around wearing a unicorn back in the 80s. But like I said, he would do anything for his grandkids. And he continued to do so. He knew that we needed to be checked on. He had his police force always check on us when we were still in New Jersey. My mom had met my little brother's father. And although he's an amazing father now... He was an alcoholic when I was growing up. He battled many inner demons. And oftentimes he would get violent when he was drunk. Or he would wake up and supposed to be watching us all day and he would just sleep all day. Unfortunately, through all this, my brother took a lot of the anger and everything out of it. And no, my brother wasn't an easy person to deal with. But he was also a child. He was three years older than me. And he took care of me. My mom would go to work. And Ryan would get me up in the morning. And he would braid my hair. And make sure I looked good for school. Or good for wherever we were going that day. He would make me lunch. He would cook dinner. And you have to remember. He was only six or seven years old. As time went on, they had a baby. My little brother. My little boy, I still call him that, even though he's like 6'3", maybe taller. 
he was born when I was six years old on Friday the 13th. I love him. I still love him with all my heart. I quickly took to him and he became my responsibility. My mom would go to work. I remember changing diapers when I was six or giving him bottles or doing whatever. Time went on. We were still there. We moved from Pennsylvania when Corey was two. Or sorry, not Pennsylvania, New Jersey when Corey was two. So I was eight going on nine. I was so happy to leave there to start over, just be okay. We moved to Pennsylvania when I was nine. And we moved into an apartment building. And then we moved into another house in what's called Tannersville. (laughs) Into one of the most haunted places in the Poconos. It's in a book called Pocono Hauntings. We lived there for about, I would say, maybe a year before we couldn't take it anymore. And we left. There were crazy things happening. My little brother got locked on a second second story roof. My older brother would walk into the middle of the road in the middle of the, the night sleepwalking. I'd wake up with drawings all over me. I remember seeing lights go all the way down the hallway and being so scared, so scared. And now I look at that picture and I know why. There were so many darker entities in that home that there was no way that children could prosper in there. My mom remembers hearing little bells ringing. It was a game that the little girls used to play back in the whole natives fighting for their land and the settlers there, the farmers being massacred and back and forth. It was very, very dark times, very, very dark area. And there's still attachments to the land. When we moved from there, we moved into a place called Cherry Valley. Also very, very country in the mountains, but also another place that had a lot of history in it. We moved into a farmhouse in Cherry Valley. It was on Mervine Lane. I remember being terrified of going near the attic just because I could feel so much coming out of it. I was scared to sleep in my room by myself, so I would sneak into my brother's room and sleep there. My mom wouldn't allow us to sleep in her room. When I was younger, she used to make me read to myself to try to comfort myself with being terrified. This was also all around the time that I was having nightmares of an ancestor that had attached to us from years and years and years before. He gave children nightmares so that he could feed off of their energy. And if you don't think attachments exist, let me tell you, they do. Children have such bright lights that they have that ample source of energy. And if they're walking around open, anything can take the energy from them if they're not protected. I had the same reincurring dream for years and years and years. And then eventually, when we moved into the last house, the house my mom still lives in to this day, I blocked myself off. The old man still roams around that house. He's an amazing spirit. He's attached to the house, but he's so loving. His name's Joe. He would wake me up during diabetic seizures. He just such a glowing, glowing spirit. But at 16, my brother started using heroin. 
he was 19 years old from all the trauma and whatever else that you want to put in there he was running he's still running to this day but I think he's finally got it he's starting to realize what everything is he's gifted too but we haven't talked about it yet but when I was 16 I woke up to a dream of my brother spinning in a coffin it scared me so so much I turned everything off I don't know how I did it but I did it the years prior to that there was another woman that was a medium that was connected to our family and she would tell people I was gifted and everything like that and nobody really ever thought about it I mean I knew I saw spirits I knew I felt energy but it wasn't something to be talked about especially with a narcissist mother Everything goes back to her and how she is whatever she is and in whatever in that moment, as long as she's getting the attention and she's absorbing the energy from everybody around her. And that's how it went for years, years and years and years. I remember struggling to go get insulin because others, I can't say others, my mother would deny trying to get health insurance for a 16-year-old with type 1 diabetes. And if you're not a aware of the cost of diabetic supplies, especially for a type 1 diabetic. It goes up to about $3,000. Minimal treatment for a diabetic is about 300 to 600. And you're talking about back in the late 90s. I graduated in 2000 and then went on to college. I also took up tattooing as an apprentice for a local artist. And I wanted to be a teacher. And then I decided not to be a teacher. And then I went through all kinds of things. All kinds of careers. That led me into totally different directions. But all those directions were always associated with people in a way to help them. Whether it was one way or another. There was always a way to help somebody. So fast forward to all of that and seeing spirits and being scared and blocking myself, following my intuition, all of that, yada, 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 to when I was 32 years old. I had my baby and he was a beautiful child. We went over that already, right? He's still a beautiful child. The smile just lights up everybody in the room or his little giggle. When he was two years old, he started talking to my grandfather my grandfather had passed away when he was one month old. I walked into a room asking nobody, there was nobody in there, asking them if they were cold and if they would like something to eat. He always has cares for other people and wants to make sure everybody else is comfortable around him. But he also feels feelings, so that really makes sense. So after that... He was fine for a little bit. And I was like, oh, cool. He's getting to know my grandfather. Like I said, my grandfather was everything. Then he started telling me about these nightmares he would have. And they were the same nightmares I had. And my instant thought was, I'm going to protect my child. He's not going to live that like I did. So I started opening up then and there. That day, I figured out what I could do for him. And I did. I did, and I worked way through my way through it until I could remove him from us and our household and everything. And he had been doing this so long, the spirit had passed over 100 years prior to that. 
he would walk in front of the windows. You would just see this dark shadow walking around, around our house, waiting for a barrier or something to come in. He waited for my puppy to come in and he jumped on her and got back in my boundaries. So then I learned how to get him out even farther. Literally the first protection spell I ever did, he shook my house. My husband was out smoking by the front door and I lit the candle and started doing protection on myself and my chandelier just started shaking the whole house and he looked at me and went, what was that? And I said, it's okay, it's to protect us. From that moment on, I started working my path, working my way to where I needed to be, learning things I needed to learn, just being my authentic self. I worked and worked and worked through everything. The real healing started about three, four years ago when I finally got diagnosed with ADHD. From there, I no longer was scared because if you can beat something like that, you can beat anything. And after taking him off, every person that I had ever been in contact with that he had jumped to, because they can do that, they can create portals into others' homes. I'm parched. Sorry. So we removed him. And I was so happy when I left Pennsylvania because I was like, he's never coming back here again. Never going to have to deal with that. And we'll get to that later. Through all of this, I had met Essie, one of my best friends, about a year prior. She never really taught me anything about spirituality before that or even what she was. But she knew what I was. She knew from the second that she saw me. Also, I met my other soul sister too, Essie and Sherry. Sherry isn't as spiritual per se yet. But she is such an amazing soul as well. I am so lucky to have those two in my life. I don't know where I would be without them. So I started moving through the motions and finding out who I was. At this time, I had been a big part of the makeup community. I was like a micro-influencer. The girls in the makeup community, it's crazy. And that is the only way you could put it. It's like going back to high school and trying to get everybody's attention. And if you don't get everybody's attention, then all these girls hate you. Me, I was just trying to find a way to express my art. I miss drawing, I miss painting. It's something I gave up when I had surgery. I didn't know where to go from there. So I started painting. I painted on my face, everything. I loved it. It was one of my greatest reliefs. As a person with ADHD, that's how I survived school, was drawing murals in my books, keeping me occupied and focused. But I had gone into the makeup community not with the same interests as everybody else. I just wanted to create my art. And where that led me is where it led me. I had PR opportunities offered to me. I had all these opportunities offered to me, but was I really making anything? Absolutely not. Was I being mentally damaged? Absolutely. As a healer, you call in people with problems because everybody wants to heal, be healed or they want to dump their energy on you or they want somebody else to make 
they're healing easier. Even though you don't know you're doing it, you're doing it. As a healer, you need to develop boundaries. You need to develop big boundaries. Because what can happen is you can take all of this in and you'll get these, what are we going to call them? Splinters in our chakras that aren't even ours that we later have to heal and remove. Keeping those chakras cleansed and rooted and unblocked is the most important thing you could do. I always start people out in the root chakra so they know how to stay grounded. If you're not grounded and you're open spiritually, you risk the risk of becoming deep into it, not knowing what is right, and going into psychosis. And that's not something anybody wants. So I continue to go through the process. I continue to heal myself. As a mother, you realize where all the mistakes came from when your mother was raising you. You look at things at a totally different angle because you're a mother now and you know what true love is. You know what your baby deserves. You know what your baby wants and you can never imagine doing things that other people did to you, to your baby. My child was always gonna be the one that I protected no matter what. That's my job as a mother is to protect my son, to protect my family, to protect those that can't protect themselves. That's my job. And as I saw, my mother was starting to exhibit the same behaviors as she had with me on my son. Me striving to get attention from her. Me trying to get her to spend time with my son. And it just wasn't important. I would make comments and I would just be called dramatic. A drama queen. Always trying to do something or anything. And I was watching my son crumble he would see the attention that his other cousins would get. And yes, I am a confident mom. And yes, I will always make sure his needs are met. And that was her excuse. You don't need anything from me. I don't need to worry about you. But what about that healthy relationship that you should have with my child? I so wanted him to have the relationship with his grandparents that I had with mine and my husband had with his those unbreakable bonds that knowing of love but unfortunately that wasn't in his path then it may be in the future and that will be his choice to pick but as of now we're not in contact when you see a spirit standing by you so I made the move to do that and as I said before when you have ADHD, you don't focus on your feelings. You run through them. You run right through them. Caffeine makes me sleep. Caffeine makes me focus. It doesn't make me hyper like it does a normal person. It makes me focus. And being able to do that has changed so many aspects. Being able to focus on what I need to do and to climb through it has changed so much. But it also has brought on a bunch of healing. And as we're working through this, there's never a time that you're not healing something. There's laps of making it easier and making it better. But then you always have to watch for those old triggers. If something is triggering you, reevaluate it and see what's going on with you. If you're not acting the way that you feel you should, 
fix it. If you're not being treated the way that you need to be treated, fix it. You are the sole purpose and the sole person to navigate your life and your path. Nobody else has that ability but you. The things I one of the things I always recommend for people when they start going down the road of opening spiritual spiritually is to follow your gut. Always follow your gut. When you get a stabbing pain in your stomach, avoid it. Avoid whatever's causing it. When you find an interest in something, go to it. Find out why you're interested in it. If you feel a need to pick up a crystal, buy that crystal. Go with your gut. If you feel that happy sunshine feeling that feels like home with a person, you found some of your tribe. Keep them around. You're going to love them for the rest of your life like they do you. Through the path of spirituality, I have found so many things that I didn't even know about myself. The conversations I've had with my guides. I have a grandmother I never got the chance to meet. She was born back in 1897 and she passed away in 1922. She was 26 years old. My great, great, great gram. She had my great grandmother and she's my gatekeeper. That woman is such a bright light. When I look at pictures of her, all I see is her white aura. She's so beautiful. I used to smell her walking through my house and you would just smell jasmine and myrrh and a little pinch of orange, very specific signature. Um, my husband started smelling it one day and she, he's like, I smell incense. And I was like, no, that's just Graham. Then my grandfather stepped in when he passed. My grandfather has always been a strong person through my life and now he is as well. And my great Graham. Fast forward a few years, my husband is also a recovered alcoholic and he struggled for a long time. When the passing of his grandfather came, it was extremely hard for him. He had relapsed. That's his story to tell. It was around the same time as my cousin had passed away. My cousin was 27 years old, found out she had cervical cancer and within six months she was gone. Somebody I had watched grown up, somebody that mirrored me so much, her attitude, her sass, just her love for everything was gone. That was another tower moment in my life. You never want to believe that somebody so young and valuable in your life would not be there the next time you need them, or you can't pick up the phone to call them, or you can't pick up anything to find them. And even when you open spiritually, when you're going through these traumatic times of feelings and things like that, where you're really, really damaged, it's extremely hard to hear or to use your gifts because you're, you're physically and mentally drained, leaving nothing else for anything else. At the same time, I went through a big thing in the makeup community where somebody I had thought was my friend had betrayed me and caused all kinds of drama. And I knew I should have listened to my gut in the beginning, but I didn't. There's so many times that I should have followed my gut, but I didn't. And we need to take that and learn from it.
So I moved through it. I grieved my little cousin, who now is, I wouldn't say she's my guide, but she helps so much. She's like an, an angel for children. She goes wherever children are. When she was alive, she was the dog whisperer. She was the animal whisperer. She was the baby whisperer. My little feisty tamale, Teresa Marie. There's never going to be another like her, and that's okay. But one day, we'll meet again. I hear her now, but no matter what, you still grieve. You still grieve those people. You still miss their physical contact. You miss doing things with them. You miss just feeling them, giving them a hug. But that's part of life. We're not all meant to be here every day. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. Live life to the fullest and love who you need to love and make sure they know that. Remember, actions always speak louder than words. That goes both ways for love and people who aren't loving you and screaming I love you but neglecting you in every action that they possibly can. Actions always speak louder. Somebody that wants to be in your life will be in your life and they'll fight for that. Somebody that doesn't won't care. And they'll make up some excuse to why. It's easy as that. I've had so many tower moments in the last six years. There's always going to be a tower moment. There's always going to be a new version of you and that's okay. You're going to go through that and you're going to be stronger at the end of it. You can question your, your soul family or whoever's there to teach you or guide you to give you answers. My poor Essie. <laughs> the questions, the questions sometimes I fill her with. Are they easy questions? Not always. Do I understand them? No, not always. But I try to figure it out and she helps me figure it out. Another person that is a really important person in my path is Jessica. I met Jess about three years ago and she wasn't really into spirituality then and then she started and she learned and she learned and she learned. She's the other half to the coin. We all need to remember that there needs to be balance in life. There needs to be balance, light and dark. There's balance and there's balance for a reason. So now I have my three soul sisters that are my world along with my husband and my son. We all need to remember that blood doesn't always make us family. It's the feelings and the actions and just being there that makes us family. Having that support and having that love that comes without terms is love. And now I've awakened so many things and found so many gifts that were buried. So many gifts that were buried. How do you get there? You practice, you heal, you learn, you follow your gut. You find people to help you. Whether you're paying for a class or you're talking to somebody, there's somebody out there that's meant to help you. Nobody has to do this on their own. If you feel connected to tarot cards, find out all the information about tarot cards, how to clean them, how to be protected if you feel like you need to be protected. Tarot cards are just an extension of us though, so. But make sure with pendulums, you're following how you open and close pendulums. Make sure mirrors, you know how to open and close mirrors. 
when you open your third eye, do not force any of your chakras open. Please, for the love of God, do not force your chakras open. Let them open naturally. Because the reason they're closed, there's a very valid reason that they're closed. And you need to leave them that way until you heal those parts that just magically open them up. <clears throat> touched on, I've touched on so much so far. And there will be more talks about it. I just want to thank everybody for listening. And I hope you enjoyed and you learned a little bit about me. I will be trying to record these on Tuesdays and posting them. So look out for the new ones and subscribe. Thank you guys. Bye.